Welcome to Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people at Summit Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We gather each week in the heart of St. Paul on historic Summit Avenue, where our mission is to create rhythm, opportunity, and location where people like you can have life-changing experiences with God. Our podcast is one of those locations. As followers of Christ, we are doing our best to be on mission, disciple others, deliver hope, and champion this city. At any point in your journey with us today, if you want to take a next step or you just want to stay in the loop with everything going on at Summit, just grab your phone and simply text the phrase, be known, all one word, be known to the number 651-360-2908. We will send you a short form that makes it super easy for you to complete. There's always new opportunities to mention and new ways that you can get involved. One of the rhythms that is important to following Jesus and important to us at Summit is studying scripture. As we study the Bible, we can have one, hope, two, find guidance, three, be corrected, and four, receive truth into our lives. Listen in and lean in with us wherever you are, open up God's word, and hear this week's message. Uh, if you are getting ready for spring, some of you have plants like this that you're waiting to plant. How many of you have got a jar or a plant that you've pruned that is in your house and you're just waiting to plant it? How many of you are going to go to a, a place and just buy a bunch of seedlings? How many of you are already starting your tomato plants? How many of you are like, forget it, I'm going to Costco, I'll just buy them there? Okay. But every plant has a root system. If you know anything about my wife, Danielle, she is a bit of a mystic. Um, she really loves nature. Uh, she's, she has two pet peacocks, for just reference. Um, and so she's got probably 20 of this sort of like system set up just all over in windowsills, just waiting to get it in the ground. Uh, and every one of these has got a root structure. All right, and if you've ever seen, like if you've ever, well, if you ever could see the root structure of a tree, you know, every plant's got roots, and the healthier the roots, the healthier the plant, right? Like if you look at a tree that just went over in a, in a windstorm, the, the roots are usually busted off, you know, they're rotted out. Like, but when those trees, like those big oak trees, have the same amount of root system under the ground as they do above the ground, that's how they get so big. Uh, and, and the reality is that root system is actually what feeds the plant. Bad roots, dead-looking plant. Good roots, good-looking plant. Have you ever uh, heard this phrase um, when it comes to planting? Things get root-bound or root-bound. You, know, you got to get it out of the plant, get it in something else. So there's just this idea that I want you to really think about when it comes to plants and roots. And, and you're supposed to eat more root vegetables or like you're supposed to eat vegetables that are roots, like ginger, um, carrots, beets. What else? What is it? Yucca. Okay. Yeah, that's a root vegetable. Potatoes. Yeah? No. Okay, so let me just talk about the potatoes. Um, fried, sliced with salt. That's the best way to eat <laughs> your vegetables. Um, I had a friend. He was a produce buyer. Uh, his name was Joe. And for many years, he 
decided for many markets what produce to buy, what produce not to buy. And uh, he had to look at the root system, you know, like the bigger the carrot, you know, obviously the greater the root system. And those all come into play when you're a produce buyer. You know, when you're a produce buyer, you kind of geek out on a couple things. And that's the quality of the plants that you're, that you're buying. Where is the soil from? Anyway, Joe had this amazing journey in his life. And he got to the part where he got tied up inside. And he found himself in some hopeless situations. Found himself trying to medicate the roots of his heart in a different way with different substances, different things that we try and silence. And he came to church, Summit Church, not just any church, our church. And he got involved. He was volunteering on the production team. and He went through the expedition. He was meeting on Wednesdays with a group of guys about recovery, and he was actually getting you know, his life sort of back on track. Like the roots were growing healthy again. And then Joe actually um, got his old job back. Like his life went full circle. Got his old job back, started selling produce again. You know, still very much involved. You know, like the quintessential like sort of person who's like serving at Summit. This was Joe. He was just involved. He's just, just, a, he's just a great Man, and uh, I had to do Joe's funeral because he took his life. And a lot of you know this because you remember this. But Joe, Joe died. Joe died of a broken heart. And as your pastor, I have never really shook this off. Like, and I know I've got a great board, and, and I've got, you know, I remember the words Sandra said to me. She, she said, it's not your fault. And I know it's not my fault. And I know all the answers. And I, I'm just saying to you, this is just like really stuck with me as your pastor. This process of taking someone's life, moving them through all the things that God has entrusted me to create for discipleship and create atmosphere, and then to have him take his own life. It was hard for me to sift through all that. You know, because you matter. You matter to God. You matter to people in this room. You matter to me. You matter. And so I, I have not taken responsibility, but I've never really had shaken this off. So I've been committing this to the Lord. I've been sifting this in my spirit, asking the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to do with this? And he's just been asking me, ask them about their roots. What about their heart? And so I really want to take a look at our hearts over the next couple weeks. Maybe four, maybe six, I don't really know. I just want to journey through and really ask the question, how are your roots? What's below the surface that I don't see, but you carry? Your human heart's actually pretty amazing. Do you know that? 
I mean, the human heart is, is mind-boggling. So there's this physical heart that we can talk about. It beats over 100,000 uh, times a day. You're going to pump into your body over 2,000 gallons of blood in one day. If you took all your um, capillaries, blood vessels, all that stuff, you know, the plumbing inside your body, and you stretched it all out in a single row, like you put it all in a line, every single one of you, it could go around the earth twice. That's how much plumbing you got inside that your heart's pumping through. So there's this physical heart we talk about. And I don't really want to necessarily talk about the physical heart. I want to talk about your heart of hearts, the deep questions. Here's a couple that I've listed that I want us to take a, a brief look at over the next few weeks. What's the point? Some of your hearts are asking this question. What is the point? Is there more? Will I ever be loved? Why are things so screwed up? How much longer can I do this? Is God really here? Is God even good? Where is this all headed? And there's probably more on this list that we could ask that your heart has been asking. And when your heart starts asking these questions, you've got the pits of struggle and despair like the rest of us. And, and when your heart is asking these questions out of these secret places that I don't know, that people in this church don't know unless you reveal it, and most of the time we self-preserve ourselves, we don't want to show the root system. We don't want to show people what's really going on because then we have to deal with it. Can I say that that's been the hardest thing as a new pastor at a, at a historical old church with a great legacy? Can I tell you something that God has allowed me to do for many years, big ministry on big levels and quote unquote big places. And I've got a certain set of root system that's allowed my arms to stretch out and do those things. It's actually easier for me to preach to an arena full of 20,000 people than it is to you. I'm just being transparent because I have to like go in the lobby and actually have life with you. Like I get down in the weeds with some of the things that are happening and that's good. That's, that's a beautiful thing, but it's also like required more of me. And the Holy Spirit, this last year and a half that, that I've been, your pastor has been sweeping away the dirt going, check that out, bro. Look at your root system. See, I've got a good root system to do these things, but to do this thing, I've had to really focus on my heart, on my own roots. And so I'm asking this question because you've really got two choices when we start sweeping away the dirt, when we like really look at what's growing below the surface or what hasn't been growing, what needs to be fertilized, what needs to be fed, what needs to be dealt with. You can answer those questions, face the truth, let the Holy Spirit do the heart work and live from the heart, or you can try and silence this and just continue about your life. You can silence it, and people silence their hearts all the time. The root system, when it's weak or when it's not there or when it's been hurt and there's trauma, we just shut it off. We start to silence it with, with drinking to excess, with all kinds of solutions that are in a bottle. We avoid problems. We pursue status. 
and peer and our achievement and we go for it and we hustle hard. We use religion or some sort of ego-centered spirituality. A lot of people do that. They, they use ego-centered spirituality. Can I just tell you something? If you want uh, Christianity to be self-centered, you're, you're in for a treat because it's not about you. It's not about me. But we actually, on the flip side of that, so many people ask God to stay away. Stay away from my stuff. We wrestle with wanting to live. Some people have got all kinds of thoughts in their heads that go through even wanting to be here. And some of those thoughts are very dark and some of those thoughts are very real. And some of those thoughts, all of those thoughts, are all based in a root system that needs work. So what are you going to do? Are you going to live from the heart and let the Holy Spirit heal it, or are you just going to continue to medicate? I can't make that decision for you. You have to make that decision. I'm challenged by when we get to this story of Jericho, and we're going to go into this later, but how they are said to go and conquer this city by walking around in silence for six days and then yelling on the seventh. And over the next six weeks, I want us just to really start walking in a little bit of silence. I just want us to start asking the questions inside. Especially about some feelings. Especially about our roots. I want you to rediscover and reconnect with your heart. Let me invite you on this journey. Let's just reawaken what's asleep. Let's grow what God needs to grow. Let's knock down the walls around our heart. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to ask us the hard questions. Is that okay? I just feel like that's something we as a church need to do because I don't want to wake up tomorrow and hear of another story about someone who I thought was this, and it turned out to be that. I won't do that again. First and foremost, let me give you point number one of my sermon. You ready? We are created by God as emotional and spiritual creatures to fully live in relationship with God, with others, and blank. We are created by God as emotional and spiritual creatures to live in relationship with God, with others, and blank. Shelf the blank for a second. Genesis 1.26. You don't have to turn there for the sake of time. I'm going to make sure that we honor your time. Genesis 1.26. Scripture records, let us create in God's image, in our image. Let us. So, God says how he's going to create the world, and he says in a community to create those that need community. He says, let us create humankind in our image. Who is he talking to? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us create. I think that's so interesting that relationships are hardwired into how God exists in relationship, and he created you for relationship. Don't coast over that. Because it's important. That's why you go to church. Do you know that's why you actually are here today? I mean, that's one of the reasons. It certainly isn't for the donuts that we got rid of. Some of you are like, what the heck happened? Did we do something wrong? No. But you hear what I'm saying? You're here because at the, at the base level of it all, you actually are created for a relationship and you need it. 
And this is a place that we find it as we walk together. Never forsake the gathering together. There's a reason there. Second part, you're created by God. Relational, also emotional. John eleven thirty five. 35. Does anybody know that verse? It's real short. It's the shortest one in the Bible. Jesus what? He wept. He cried. I don't know if you know that or not, but you're created in the image of God to have emotion. Your emotions aren't all bad. They can guide you. They also can betray you. Jesus had emotions. We are created to be relational, to be emotional, and then the last thing is to be spiritual. John 4, 24, God is a spirit, and he's created us so we can worship him in spirit and truth. The best way I can explain to you when we start talking about us being spiritual, emotional, and relational, if you think spiritual, just think this, uh, a radio. I want you to think about this way. Um, have you ever bought a car and uh, it was newer, or you were in a rental car and it was newer, and it had XM radio or satellite radio, or just good old flat plain radio that you don't pay for? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Uh, so, like, but have you ever like tried to tune in a radio and then you finally get it and then your station's there? Could be an old dial, could be a button, could be hit the scan and just let it find it, right? So, what I want you to know is, in order to worship God, you gotta. Do that in spirit, Scripture says. And the best way you do that is you must use your spirit to tune it. When the radio is properly tuned, you can hear the station. When you're properly tuned to God, you can hear him. It's, it's, this, it's this dial that we walk with to tune our spirit to God. Uh, your human spirit's like a radio. Emotional, relational, and spiritual creatures for relationship with God, with others, and with what? Blank. See, we always think about love others and, and God. C.S. Lewis says this, to love is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping your heart intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around all the hobbies and the little luxuries. Avoid all the entanglements. Lock your heart up in a safe casket or coffin of your selflessness. But in that casket, safe and dark, motionless, airless, it will change. Your heart will not become broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. See, what I want you to be really vulnerable with is to understand this first and foremost point that you were created as emotional spiritual creatures this this whole concept of how god made us to be in relationship with others with god but we also need to be in relationship with ourselves and I think that's really what I want us to look at because there is a private self and a public self that we sometimes carry. And what I'm talking about here is I want you to really focus in the next few weeks on that you were created for these things to have relationship with God, with others, but also yourself. So how's that relationship? Because the truth is, is 
the private life that you some live, myself included, if we're over here, this person privately with our relationship, with how we look at ourselves, how we view ourselves, how we speak to ourselves, and we go over here and there's a public self of how we speak about ourselves, how we look at ourselves, the greater the divide between those two, the greater the weight and burden. The closer the divide between those two, the greater the weight and value. And I think a lot of us find ourselves in different seasons and for different reasons living detached from ourselves. We have never really paid attention to the root system that is us. Mark 12, verse 30, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. You really? Trust me, if I love my neighbor like I love myself sometimes, my neighbor better lock their door. I am not a good neighbor. Why? Because sometimes I'm not good to myself. Sometimes the root system that I need to look at is not just my relationship with God, not just my relationship with others, but my relationship to myself. The thing inside, when no one else is around, with just me and the Holy Spirit, what do I think about myself? What's the soundtrack? What do I say about myself? Because some of my closest friends know this. This is a journey for me. I, I, I have a, a tendency to have a very poor relationship with myself. I am hard on myself. Romans 7, 15, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I don't do, but what I hate, I do. It drives me crazy about how I speak to myself sometimes. The root system's got to be inspected. I got to look at it so I can be everything that God's called me to be for him for my kids, for my wife, and for you. I just think we know that we're created by God as emotional, spiritual creatures to live in relationship with God and others, but we got to remember it also includes ourself. Second point in my message today is I want you to know you've got endless worth. You have endless worth. Let's talk about value for a second. There's a few meals that you can buy, but none other even comes close to the value that you get at Costco for a $1.50 hot dog and a drink. You can't beat that value. I'm sorry. You can try. I don't care. I, it's an all-beef hot dog. They're delicious. If you're carb-free, just eat the... Eat, well, don't, don't eat anything, because the truth is, is if you eat a hot dog, statistics say you shave, I think, three months off your life. There, there's something out there about it. But there's value there, um, and we love value. How many of you love a good sale? Why are you looking away, Pastor Elizabeth? How many of you love a good sale? You just sit like a moth to the flame, you see it. They could mark it up, way up, and then mark it down a little bit, and you say, oh, it's cheap. Some of you say this to me, oh, I got this on sale. It was only X amount of dollars. Well, whether it's on sale or not, you're out the 40, 50 bucks that you spent. Save big money at Menards? When have I ever saved money when I go to Menards? I spend money there. 11% doesn't even come close. We love value. We look for these things in our life. And I want you to just remember 
that there is value that you have. And let me speak the words of Jesus over you. In Matthew 10, um, 20-ish, Jesus says this, do you not know? Matthew 10, 29, do you not know that two sparrows are sold for a penny? Let me put this in our terms. Do you not know that you can go to Costco and get a hot dog and a Coke for a buck fifty? Like, you know that, right? That's pretty cheap. But not one hot dog or one cup of Coke at Costco goes, it's actually Pepsi, that's the bad thing. Not one of those goes out without God knowing about it. Like, just put that in terms of like, there is these things we love to ascribe really cheap value to, and God knows about those things. And he says, there's two sparrows. They're sold for a penny. It's worthless by the world's standards. But do you know that you have your hairs on your head are even numbered? And some of you, it's easy counting. I get it. Trust me. Look at this. This is awful. If I ever go bald while I'm your pastor, I'm getting a snake tattooed right here. So just relax. If you see that, you know. Because if you got a snake tattooed on your neck, no one's messing with you. You've got endless worth. Don't be afraid. You're so much more valuable than the thing that we devalue the most. I want you to know that you've got endless worth. I want you to put that in your heart. I want you to write that wherever. I want you to like, look at that from your root system and really start speaking that over you. Because my third point in my message today, and with this I'm just going to land the plane, we really forget. We forget to do two things. To love ourselves and our endless worth. Now I'm not talking about like self-love, Stuart Smalley, I'm good, I'm great, everything's great, I'm special. I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about actually not being detrimental to your own esteem. We're going to talk about self-esteem because I think that's something we made up when it's really actually Christ-esteem. We're going to journey through some of these things, but we forget to love ourselves and we forget our endless worth. You don't believe me? Just, just remember this. That little baby that's crying in the back. Melinda, bring that child up here. Please. I'm dead serious. This is perfect. God knew this was going to happen. Okay. Hi. Hi, babe. How are you doing? Come here. I want to talk to you. Yeah. This is pretty. Can I see these flowers with you? Want to see these things? Check it out. Yeah, I'm going to hold the jar. Have you ever visited a baby? Have you ever seen a baby just like this? And have you ever thought, man, it's, it's not poisonous, I promise. It says, no, no, it's okay. We're just going to see what happens here. Okay, that's bad. Here's something shiny. Look at this. Have you ever looked at this child and thought, indispensable, incredible, undeniable worth? 
Have you ever visited a baby or your daughter or your kids or your grandkids and looked at them and just said, they're so valuable? Every one of my kids, when they were born, I had this wash over me of their worth, their value. You know, that's one of the reasons why it's so hard in our society right now to find a path forward uh, when it comes to the term abortion. Do you know why it's hard? Whether you have a Judeo-Christian belief or not, the, the reality is it's, it's hard because we know she's valuable. We just know it. It's in us. We just can't escape it. We just see life and we know it matters. And so we have a hard time determining when that value starts. Now, God says it was before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knew you. So if we're going to err on the side of anything, I'm just going to take the scripture for what it's worth. Value happens before you're even conceived. Now, people are going to disagree with me on that, but that's because we have uh, a different set of foundations. But you can't look at this little girl and go, holy cash. Right, I know. But can I ask you a question? That same world standards that sometimes we measure ourselves by, by production. What what is what is this child produced other than what 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 is what does she produce? Does she have a job? Does she she got a bank account? But I'm asking you, what, what has she produced? Has she invented anything? Has she, has she made a name for herself? Does she get an award? My point is, is this. The world standards, children are pretty much worthless when it comes to what they produce. They haven't made anything. They haven't done anything. They haven't accomplished anything. They haven't gone anywhere. They haven't created it. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? By the way that the world would measure production of performance Kids have little value because they haven't performed and haven't produced. And the question that the Holy Spirit is just asking you today is if this child has indescribable, indispensable, immeasurable worth and potential, when did that change for you? When did you look in the mirror and start seeing yourself different than how you see her? That's the roots. That's the roots that we're talking about. Our hearts identify inherently with worth of a child. But let me say this to you. Listen to me. We often, we often have long forgotten ours. You have a measurable worth and we forget to love ourselves. Now you have two choices here. Melinda, I want to give you my sermon illustration. You've got two choices. Over the next few weeks, you can continue to keep the well-traveled existence of survival and have this weak, anemic root system below the surface that no one knows about but just you and the Holy Spirit. You, you, can, you can do that. You can never fully connect with loving yourself, loving others, being in relationship, having all of these questions answered. You, you can keep away from the John 10.10 10 life that God has for you. Or it's going to be rough going 
And then there's going to be some heart work, and you're going to have to sweep away the dirt, and you're going to grow, and it's not easy to grow. It's going to take stress, and the Holy Spirit is going to do some work in your life, and I'm telling you, you can journey back to the heart, plants and roots. I want you to think about the question, and over the course of a few weeks, I want us to rediscover the path of the heart. Jeremiah 17, 8, you will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the stream that does not fear when heat comes and its leaves are always green. It's got no worries of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. Let's look at the roots in our heart. What do your roots look like? What needs work? Because Proverbs 17, 19, as water reflects a face, your heart reflects you. Proverbs 23, 7, for as you think in your heart, so are you. Where are the root systems that lie below the surface? Let's journey together to ask those questions. Let's unpack the paradox of the fullness in Christ and the pain that maybe we carry with that fullness. And I want to cover eight feelings. Dr. Chip Dodd, mentor has just kind of offered up, these are some of the baseline feelings that we could talk about a lot of different things, but if we're going to zero it in, I'd like to talk about eight. Of being hurt, of being lonely, of being sad, anger, fear, shame, guilt, and gladness. These are the root systems of these feelings, and I want us to really take a look at this because we've got to really stop looking at the root system of our hearts through how we feel and start really looking at what is the foundation, not our feelings, but our foundation in the word, in Christ, about these feelings, because we're gonna have feelings. You're created to have them. But what does the word say? What does God say? How can we look at the root system of our lives? I wanna pray for you and you're dismissed. I wanna bless you with this simple verse. If you need to stay and reflect, please do. If you are going to leave, please leave this room in a place of reverence for those that might stay. And you can talk and have a blast in the lobby. We'll see you next week. Let me leave you with this. Ephesians 1.18. I pray, Summit Church, my friends and family, that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope that which he has called you. God, I just pray that we would be those plants and roots. Holy Spirit, work in us from the inside out on our relationship to ourselves and our relationship with others and our relationship with you. So we look to your word, to the foundation, not to the world or to ourselves about our feelings. As we take a brief stop today, help us to remember, Lord, that we are created for this as emotional, spiritual, and relational beings, that we have endless worth. Help us to remember and move forward. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. To help you apply the truth found in Scripture, we always like to ask three questions. What did you learn about God? 
What did you learn about yourself? How are you going to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking through Scripture to your life? We hope that helps bring clarity for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. Join us in person sometime as we gather as a church on Summit Avenue, or join us here at our podcast again, or virtually at our online encounter each week. Before you go, though, Pastor Eric is going to give you a special invitation and share just part of his heart for you, the culture, and a little bit about the people of Summit Church. Hey, Pastor Eric Samuel Tim here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Let me first say, our city of St. Paul is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to explore all the history it has to offer. And you need to know this, Summit Church has been a part of that history, along with so many amazing churches. Speaking specifically about the people of Summit, well, we've been gathering here since about 1932. And my hope that this would not just be a rich history, but it would be our forward legacy. History is a thing of the past, but legacy makes way for the future. So where are we going? That's a good question. Our vision is simple, to see all people of St. Paul and beyond living as disciples of Christ, people full of hope, fully known, and actively loving one another, living a spirit-led life. Our mission is also simple, to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity where you can have a life-changing experience with God. Journey within the diversity to do these three things, become disciples of Jesus, to deliver hope, and to champion this city. That is where we are going. That is what we're doing. So where are you going? Maybe that's a good question for you. What are your next steps? I would encourage you to join one of our monthly expeditions. The expedition is a simple experience where you can find out more about who you are in Christ, who Summit Church is, what are we doing around here, and how you can play a part. It's less than a two-hour commitment for your whole month. We also feed you some amazing food and even provide childcare. So the question is, where will we go? Maybe we're on a journey following Jesus together. And I got a hunch, we just might not be us without you. We'll see you at the summit where we prepare for life in the valley.